Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this From the Field episode, Managing Editor Brian Gorman interviews Vijay Chandler, Senior Manager, Change Management Specialist for Innovation, Technology, and Shared Services at TD Bank. They're going to be talking on the topic of neuroscience and change management. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Change Management Review Podcast. Hello, I'm Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. And my guest today is Vijay Chander. Vijay and I just spent a few moments talking about his journey through change. And I want to share a little bit of that as background. But before I do, I want to say, Vijay, every time I talk with you, I develop a deeper understanding of change. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you, Brian. Vijay actually began as a forestry student in India, moved on to the Philippines where he was working on a graduate degree while working with wild animals, ended up in Toronto where he went to work eventually for Bell Canada. And and today Vijay is a senior manager, ITSS change management, Vijay is certified in change management as well as project management. And as I said initially, every time we talk, I learn something new. So welcome, Vijay. Thank you, Brian, for having me. It's a pleasure. As you know, we're doing this whole series of podcasts around how we need to begin to think about and look at change management differently. And both you and I have a fascination, I would say, with the role of neuroscience in change. How did you get there? I started a neuroscience journey about 10, 12 years by accident because I love reading. And I looked at change, man. Uh, I looked at neuroscience and I said, wow, this is how my brain is wired. And every time I go through some change in my personal life and my professional career, And I experienced the same emotions. And I said, if change is so internal and personal to me, it must be personal for everyone. And then I got interested in change management and I started looking at it a little bit closer. And I found most of change management was very mechanistic, project-driven, project management-driven kind of a mentality where you had set of communication plan, you, you had templates to fill in, but the real essence of humanity was taken away from change management. So that interest grew and it became more and more fast. I became more and more fascinated with neuroscience. And that's how I ended up enjoying like learning more about it. My journey was different in a way in that we never really think about this in change management. The fact that we have methodologies that help, they don't always work, but they certainly help move us through change, is based on the reality that Joseph Campbell taught us, which is that while we approach each change as it's unique and unpredictable, it's not. As you said, we take the same journey and all of us take the same journey over and over and over again through change. And so I began to try to understand that journey better and I began studying with Judith Glasser, Uh who spent her good part of her professional career studying the neuroscience of conversation. On one of her illustrations, she had this little line coming down from the head and and the, the illustration of the brain that she had to a heart. And I asked her, what is that? 
And she said, well, there's also research on the heart brain or the cardiac brain, but I don't really know a lot about that. You know, my whole focus, my whole passion is around the cephalic brain, the brain in our head and conversation, how we process conversation. So that's really what started me on this journey. And one of the things that I think is very important is we have this conversation is the neuroscience of change for me really starts with the neuroscience of stability uh -huh. because we're wired to do much of what we do without even thinking about it. We've got the neural networks, we've got the muscle memory, you know, you get in your car and you end up at the grocery store or the office building and the journey is blank. And so change really begins to disrupt those patterns. At the heart of a lot of what you talk about in terms of neuroscience is the concept of learning, unlearning, and relearning. So again, I'd be very interested in how you got there and what you mean by that. So the first time I understood that concept really was when I was reading Heidi and Alvin Toffler's works. And one of the things which they talk about is Alvin says that the illiterates of 21st century are not those people who cannot read or write, but those people who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. That I got it really got into my head and I started playing with that thought over and over and over. And what it really connected with is I had to personalize it first. Does this really apply or not? So once I started personalizing, then I started observing the same patterns of various leaders across industries, how they also have evolved, not only from uh, what their education is or what the industry is, they've always continuously evolved in their thinking including leaders like Nelson Mandela, who initially was against apartheid and, and the way he was vehemently put, uh, opposed everything. And then he, trans he had a change of heart. And by the time when he was released from the prison, he said, we are all in this together. And he did not have bitterness. So for me, when I saw that the concept of continuously learning, unlearning and continuous growth, that kind of helped me to related to myself, but also to everyone else around me. And when I saw even in the change world, it was very obvious for me that people who are going through this and they have other lives too. Like even let's put at work, their work is only a small, tiny aspect of their lives, but they, they are parents they, before they could be single, then they have relationship. And there is always a continuous learning and unlearning and relearning. And that path continues throughout. And how does it all relate to brain? Because that's where our human brains are very elastic. They let go of certain paths, certain dendrites die, and the new dendrites are formed and new connections are formed and the synapses, and then they strengthen. And that is a continuous journey of unlearning, relearning, and growing always together. Now, if we extend that same concept to the next level and look at from a change management point of view, organizations go through the same thing. Now, what are organizations? Organizations are a collection of people and everybody in that, in that organization, they're having their own diverse reactions. And how do we help them to grow and adapt is the key thing. If you really think, uh, zoom out, do a little bit of more reflection, what it tells us is if we are not able to connect to human heart and mind, it doesn't matter. So I call it as there are three, uh, one is your gut uh, and the heart and the mind. 
when the three are connected, that's when the maximum transformation, both at an individual level and at a community level and at a nation level happens. If that is the thing it happens, that was demonstrated very well by Gandhi too. Started off by asking for independence and transforming the whole country. So if you learn from history and look at all those things, I've started seeing a lot of connections and also saw how everybody was evolving. So for me, for the change management, the models are phenomenal. They work very well on when things are certain. But today we are dealing with uncertainty, volatility, complexity. And that's where the challenges come. How do we adapt and adopt? And if you think of our our human brains, we have not evolved for 2 million years. The brains are today, if you look at very practically, they're not evolved for 21st century work at all. But humans have continuously evolved, adopted, and learned, unlearned, and relearned. I want to go back and focus on a, a couple of things that you said there. The first is when I'm working with organizational leaders, I ask where where do I find your culture? And very often they'll start to point to some cultural artifacts. You know, you can observe our culture in the cafeteria or understand our culture better by visiting our employee intranet. Or That's not the culture. If I'm going to the cafeteria, what I'm observing is people. An organizational culture lives in the mindsets and the behaviors of its people. So picking up on what you said, organizations don't change. People change. So this whole concept that you're talking about, learning, unlearning, relearning, that's how people change. That's really at the heart in many ways of change management. The other piece I want to pick up on, because I've I've done a lot of reading and research myself on this, when you were talking about the head, heart, and gut, and to add a little bit to what you were saying there, not every neuroscientist uses the same language. They all agree on the facts. We have motor neurons and, and sensory neurons in our heart. We have motor neurons and sensory neurons in our gut. The number of neurons in our gut is roughly equivalent to that of a cat's brain. So not only do we think with our heads, we do think with our heart and our gut. And they're different thoughts. Our head is where we do all that creative problem solving and working things out and so forth and so on. But we know the heart is the seat of passion. It's the seat of compassion. It's the seat of values. When you're working with somebody whose heart is not in it, that's quite literally true. And the gut, the gut is the seat of self-protection, courage, and who we are at our core. So we want to be accessing all of our capability, if you will, head, heart, and gut, and that of the employees in the organization whose mindsets and behaviors we're working to change. How do you help people unlearn? My whole approach has been never to tell them about organization story. I, I ask them to reflect back in their own lives. One of my favorite quotes, which I always say that if you cannot go in within, you will go without. And what my conversations about change has always been, whenever I have people say to me, oh, this is too difficult. This is crazy. I, can, I don't know how, I'll, how I can do all those things. It doesn't make sense. I said, great. You're absolutely right. Intellectually, it may not make sense, but I want you to internalize this change. What does it feel for you? And it is a lot easier when you're doing one-on-one coaching, but in a group setting also, it is possible. And I give them the confidence and the faith. Listen, the day you were born, you didn't know anything. You're a blank slate. You learned, so you learned very quickly. If you touch a hot stove, your hand gets burned. You learn something, you unlearned, you'll never touch it again. And you learn, relearned through your experience that you're never going to touch that hot stove again. So this is a simple, I give them the confidence of faith that we all do this intellectually. Like we do it, as you rightly put it, Brian, that we do it 
subconsciously without even realizing it. We are in this autopilot mode. We do this learning, unlearning, and relearning throughout our lives. But having that confidence in an organization is big, but different because they're being judged. They're being measured of something which is not true. So I need to give them that faith and confidence. If they can do that, reflect on that, this is another small change. It's not a big thing. And if you really look at from a broader perspective, you don't have to convert everybody in the world. That is a fool's there. And if I even try to attempt that, I will not succeed. So my whole thing is few key people influence them and just ask them to reflect for themselves. It's not telling them, it is just appealing to their good sense. And that's where the real transformation happens. That's, that has been my experience. So again, if I can work with a few of the things that you brought up, one of the things that I'm really trying to understand is I think as human beings, we are born knowing how to move through change. Mm -hmm. It's how we go from being an infant to being a successful adult. Recorded another podcast the other day with Carolyn that will be part of this series. And she was talking about how the way we perceive change affects how we move through change. Change is hard. I don't need to change. All of those tapes that we begin to listen to. I call them stories. There, there are gremlins. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of coaching. So I, I have the favor, if you will, of being able to work one-on-one -on -one with people who are looking to make big changes in their lives, whether it be at the corporate, organizational, professional, or at the personal levels. And so what I ask them to do is look at when is that gremlin triggered? When do I say I'm too old or I'm too young or I don't have the ability to do this, whatever that gremlin is. And while you're doing that, think of the guru that you want to replace it with. I can do this. I know how to do this. And over time, what's happening, and, and you described it from a neuroscience perspective earlier, is as I become conscious of being triggered, now I have a choice. Do I listen to my gremlin or do I listen to my guru? Mm -hmm. And the more and more I listen to my guru, the more those neural networks, that muscle memory strengthens till that becomes my automatic response to those triggers. Why do you think we need to be more cognizant of neuroscience at this point? I feel the way the change is happening, it has become so complex. Not one person knows all the answers. Gone are the days when things were certain, when you could actually work with that. With certainty, you can have certain models. But what neuroscience is saying, just like our brains, brain is a very complex organ. So this is where if you take the parallels of your brain and bring it into real life right now, we have created a massive neural network across the world globe. Forget about the neural Look, internet as a, uh, we have created a massive network. So when you think from that point of view, there are so many interdependencies, so many things moving. And there is the only way you can do is by adapting, adopting, and continuously evolving. And that is how this changes. And this is where the neuroscience actually goes to the root of the problem and gets you those, some of those answers to help you to say, you know what, where am I operating from? Am I operating from my limbic fear mentality or the limbic system, limbic brain or prefrontal cortex? And this is where it gives you a language to make it real. Why are you feeling this fear? Where is this coming? Oh, if I'm if something triggers me as a fear, I'm going back to my Savannah days where humanity was hunting and gathering food gatherer. And the moment you go into that world, then do you want to? You ask yourself, hey, do I want to spend more time in this world? 
No, thank you. I love, I'm in 21st century. So automatically you're internally, there's a shift and all these things happen internally. And this is where understanding neuroscience from that perspective and a change perspective, it is very helpful for people. It doesn't matter whether it is a personal or professional, it is really a great way to reflect. Yeah, I think we're seeing such incredible diversity of response by leaders in terms of where businesses see their future going. From here in in the US, Jamie Dimon at JP Morgan Chase saying, people must come back to the office Mm-hmm. to a groundswell of employees who are saying, I'm not going back to the way it was, to actually read a blog late, late last week by Seth Godin, who said mm-hmm. the 1957 office building is not the solution to 21st century work. It requires unlearning and relearning to move us successfully through the challenges that we're facing today. BJ, is there anything else around the neuroscience of change and change management that you want to share with our listeners today? One thing is I would like to help in a way we all reflect ourselves within our own lifetimes. What I'm asking is, forget about the big words, neuroscience and everything. Look within yourself and see how you have evolved. And then you can relate it to neuroscience and other things. But the most important thing is go within, take the time and understand how you as a person have, has grown or not grown in certain areas. And look for this opportunity. Growing old is not a choice, but growing up, growing up is an option. Thank you so much. Welcome. We hope you've enjoyed this From the Field episode of the Change Management Review podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of the Change Management Review, and Vijay Chander. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.